Well, hello everyone. My name is Kevin Rognes, and I'm the Discipleship Director here at Faith Covenant Church. Thank you so much for watching or listening today, whether you're on YouTube or any of the major podcasting platforms. I just want to encourage you to hit the subscribe button to make sure that you're always receiving our weekly content. And if you ever find something that is helpful or um, that you think would be useful for someone else, please feel free to like or share this episode for whomever may find it useful. We always just want to put out great content, and so if you ever have any questions or feedback on what we can do better, um, please let us know. My email address is listed in the description in the episode notes down below. So thank you so much for joining us, and I'm really excited to start something new today. So for the past several weeks, we've been talking about healing. Today, I'm going to move us into a new series of episodes about temptation. Temptation is something, of course, that we all face. It is something that happens throughout the Bible and happens throughout our lives. From our earliest ages up until um, our oldest years, we are always in a battle against temptation. So it's important for us to understand temptation so, so that we can be best equipped to make sure that we're battling it in a healthy and responsible way. So today, I'm going to focus on just giving us a little bit of an overview of the way that temptation is talked about in the Bible, along with giving us some, uh, some wisdom and guidance about what is temptation and what is not temptation. And so a lot of that is content that I'm taking from a Bible dictionary, which is a really great resource. If you don't have a Bible dictionary, it can be something that's really helpful to just help you dig into more specific words, names, or terms. Really helpful stuff. A Bible dictionary will also give you a lot of Bible references that you can look something up. So, for example, when I looked up temptation, it gave me a lot of uh, Bible verses that showed us examples of where temptation is happening. And certainly it's happening throughout the Bible, so it's not necessarily going to list every single one. But So one of the things that this Bible dictionary taught me was that the words in Hebrew and in Greek that are translated into temptation in English, there are a couple of different words that are given a few different words in English translation. And so you may see words like temptation, you might see words like test, trial, tribulation, or some combination thereof. And different English translations will potentially word those things in slightly different ways. When we see those different words or different translations, we just have to understand the context of what's happening so that we can know which word is best to apply and how best to understand that word. So, um, when looking at these kinds of words, you might see them used in a negative connotation, in which case it's probably more of the temptation. You might also see a positive connotation, and you might see a neutral connotation for how we view these words. And again, context in all of these things is the key. So first, let's look at those negative scenarios where we see words like temptation, trial, test, or tribulation. So in these circumstances, Satan is the originator of these temptations or trials, tests, and so on. When it's something that's coming from Satan, the only purpose is to cause us to sin. 
true temptation that is only from Satan and is designed to cause us to sin and thus to degrade our relationship with God, create a distance in our relationship with God. So the goal in these, um, in these contexts is always to look at, is this something that's pushing us from God, leading us towards sin? So there's examples throughout the Bible where you see that happening. Matthew 4 is a great example that uh, it's the story of Jesus facing temptation in the wilderness. Luke and Mark have versions of that as well, and we'll take a closer look at those in a later episode. You also see temptation happening in 1 Corinthians 7, specifically addressing sexual temptation. You see it happening in Galatians 6, as uh, 1 Timothy 6, and James 1. And I actually want to read a couple of verses from James 1 that gives us a little bit more uh, to go off of. So James 1, verses 13 through 15. It says this, No one undergoing a trial... So again, make note that, that we're seeing the word trial there. No one undergoing a trial should say, I am being tempted by God, since God is not tempted by evil, and he himself doesn't tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desire. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. So here, when a person is facing a trial or a challenge, that in itself is not yet a problem. And we should understand that temptation or a leading over towards sin is not something from God. God does not tempt us. God does not entice us to do what is wrong, to do what is evil, to commit a sinful act. That temptation is only from Satan. It is not from God. So sometimes a challenge is only a temptation. Perhaps your anger in traffic um, is leading you to maybe uh, shout things at another person in traffic or make rude hand gestures towards another person in traffic or cut someone off. That is only a temptation. That is only from Satan. So that's what the negative connotation of what some of these words are. There is sometimes a positive connotation to some of these words too. So for example, when we see words like trial or test, those might be a more positive circumstance where God is testing us to see how faithful we are. An example of this comes in Genesis 22. It's a very famous story of Abraham being asked by God to sacrifice his son Isaac. This is a very significant test or trial of Abraham, but it's not a temptation. So I'm going to read the first couple of verses of Genesis 22 where it says, Sometime later, God tested Abraham. Not tempted tested. God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. So as the story continues, and you can read the rest of it in Genesis 22, 
Abraham does indeed go with his son Isaac to that mountain, and Abraham is ready to sacrifice Isaac to God to show God that, yes, he is indeed faithful. This is a trial or a test, but not a temptation. And as we know in the rest of the story, God stops Abraham from sacrificing his son and then goes on to provide a ram or a goat for Abraham to uh, sacrifice in place of Isaac. This was a test of Abraham's faithfulness. And as we see in the story, it is a test that Abraham passed. We see other examples of this occurring in passages like Exodus 5, Judges 2, where people are tested by God. God gives them a challenge. God says, I want you to experience this so that I can see how faithful you are. For enemies of God, this, these tests or trials sometimes serve a different purpose of hardening the hearts of God's enemies. We see this unfolding throughout Exodus when Moses is trying to lead the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt. The Pharaoh, the leader of the Egyptians, is continually um, faced with these plagues that God is bringing upon the Egyptians to test Pharaoh. And sometimes initially Pharaoh says, okay, I'm going to let your people go. This is too much. But then his heart is hardened. And he decides to keep the Israelites there. So God can have a couple of different purposes as a test of our faithfulness or to harden the hearts of God's enemies. Well, why would God want to harden the hearts of his enemies? Sometimes God's purposes are mysterious to us. But in the case of the Exodus, God had to continually do more and more things to show both the Egyptians and the Israelites how incredibly powerful he was. And so in that case, the hardening of the Pharaoh's heart did show a purpose. So God's testings might look like judgments to us. It might look like God is, it might look like God is punishing us, and that can be a really hard thing for us to process. But what we need to understand is this is a positive circumstance where we can show God that we are indeed faithful to God. So that's kind of the positive connotation of some of this language surrounding words like temptation, test, trial, or tribulation. So these words can also be used as a in a neutral circumstance where it's neither necessarily um, something intended by God or intended by Satan, but in this circumstance of trial or test or tribulation, it's an opportunity to either be faithful to God or fall into sin. So an example of that could be if you get a very severe medical diagnosis. You could be tempted into despair and to fall away from God in that way. Or it could be an opportunity to uh, lean on God and to rely upon God. Examples of like this are happening throughout scripture. We see it happening in Exodus 20, 2 Corinthians 8, James 1, like we discussed earlier, or the example that I'm going to look at, which is in 1 Peter chapter 1. Um, this is 1 Peter 1 verses 5 through 7, and it says this, You are being guarded by God's power through faith, 
for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. So even at the beginning of that sentence there, I love that. You are being guarded by God's power through faith. So sometimes God does give us protection against some temptation. It's not a universal thing. God does allow certain temptations to, uh, uh, to come our way so that we can be tested and so that we can prove our faithfulness to God. Continuing on in verse 6. You rejoice in this, even though now for a short time, if necessary, you suffer grief in various trials. So what uh, the writer is saying here is that, yes, these tests and tribulations sometimes do entail suffering, and that is hard, but it's an opportunity to be faithful to God. Continuing in verse 7, so that the proven character of your faith, more valuable than gold, which, though perishable, is refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the, of the, at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So here, though there is suffering, if it produces good character, it's like gold. Gold is refined and shaped in fire. And when it comes out of that fire, it is a beautiful thing. So God is using these difficult circumstances that could lead us into temptation. But he is using those circumstances to refine us and to turn us into something that is truly beautiful. So temptations or tests, trials, tribulations can be used for good by God. Or they can be used by Satan to lead us into sin. So, when we see words like temptation, test, trial, tribulation in our English translations of Scripture, these are the kinds of connotations we need to be aware of. Is this a very negative connotation? If it is, then that is temptation, and that is only from Satan because it is leading us to do what is wrong and leading us away from relationship with God. If it's a positive connotation, then we understand the scripture to be saying that this is something that God is allowing or causing in order for us to prove our faithfulness. Or it might be a neutral circumstance that either God or Satan might be able to work through. And as always, we want it to be an opportunity to follow God more closely. So that's an overview about temptation, and we're going to delve deeper into temptation in the coming weeks and see how it's unfolded in Scripture and what we can do to combat temptation. So I hope that you're excited for that. Um, if you have any comments or questions about that, I would love to tackle those as best as I can. So please feel free to send me an email. As always, thank you for joining us, and I hope you have a wonderful and blessed day.